Hey, and welcome to the Wine After Work podcast, bringing you the perfect balance between unwinding from a hectic day and exploring the captivating world of careers and entrepreneurship. Hosted by Bryce Batts, co-CEO of Career Collective, a seven-figure AEC recruiting and coaching firm, here to share exciting stories, expert tips, and intriguing conversations with industry professionals. So grab your favorite glass, kick back, and join us on this delightful journey. We're glad you're here. Cheers. Hey guys, today we have Liz Brown on the podcast. Her career began with 10 plus years of experience in the sports and technology event and hospitality industry, where she learned to appreciate the power of relationships and perfected her ability to collaborate with multiple stakeholders. She takes this so seriously, y'all. She uh, can really work cohesively with attorneys, lenders, inspectors, contractors, anyone involved to make things seamless and as stress-free as possible. She has combined her experience there with a passion for real estate and knowledge of the triangle market and has founded Liz Brown Residential, where she works directly with buyers, sellers, and investors to address your needs and reach your goals. And she also does property management. So listen in. I met Liz in my mastermind. We've had so much fun together. Um, We're continuing on in the mastermind next year and uh, can't wait to see where the year takes us. If you have any real estate needs, uh, Liz Brown Residential is where it's at, y'all. Hey, Liz, welcome to the Wine After Work podcast. Hey, Bryce, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So excited to have you on. Um, I have so many questions for you. Can't wait for you to oh, share with our audience. Yes. <laughs> um, I know you started off in events and hospitality. So how did you get into real estate and how did your passion for that develop? Yeah, I've always been interested in houses. I actually grew up and moved around quite a bit as a kid. I think I was in five different schools. Um, people ask a lot if my dad was military. He was not, he was sales. So we kind of picked up and went, but what was cool about that, they purchased as I got older, I understand it or understood it a little bit more. They did new construction and built twice. Um, you know, we had an older house at one point. So start seeing new neighborhoods and new areas. and. I bought a few houses as well before I got into real estate, but loved sports, always have, still do. Was the girl in high school who ran my own um, March Madness pool and oh knew what gosh. was going on. But I uh, loved it, but I was traveling 100 days a year. You know, mm. when TSA starts to know you, there's a little bit of a red flag. They're like, Liz, you're back. Exactly. I'm like, hey, you don't even need to check anything. No shoes, no laptop. Got it. And uh, what was cool, I need a little bit, I say the term balance loosely because uh, I'll be honest, as a working mom, I that word kind of makes me cringe. So I don't think balance is a thing. I think you're in seasons and you know you figure it out, but I needed more consistency. So um, I actually had a really good friend who I partnered with. She's almost a mentor to me when I first started. She, I picked her brain. She was in real estate and picked her brain for a year. And um, I just knew that it's not just driving around. What does that really mean? What's in the background? And 
eventually made that leap into it. So I think there's been a lot of um, similarities. I look at myself a lot like a project manager, Mm. which was a lot of what was doing at Forbes is these days, I mean, technology, Zillow, Realtor.com, you could be seeing a house before I even do. Um, You know, we're talking right now, something pops up and I could have a client right now text me. I haven't even seen it. So while yes, I know houses that are coming up and off market, I feel like my real value comes into play once we go into contract with my negotiation and professional partners and management of that. It it kind of, um, you know, a lot of lines and congruencies from sports world. So it all kind of fit a little bit and you're taking care of, pe- care of people. So it, yeah. it's fun to come along. There's good times and bad times, but it's fun to come alongside them and in both worlds. Yeah, I'm glad you said you're like a project manager because I know you're big on collaborating with all the stakeholders. And how do you think this changes the game for your clients? Uh, I think it's huge um, because let's be honest, I don't know everything and I don't have a big enough ego to say I do. But the key is to say, I don't know, but let me find out. And to have that core group around you is imperative because there's something that happens every single day. Rules are changing. Um, Honestly, if you buy a house and I buy a house, what's important to each of us could be completely different. Mm -hmm. So no two transactions are the same. So to have a great attorney or a great plumber or a great surveyor, someone from my listings that takes pictures and can answer that question because I'm only as good as the people who surround me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you learn too. You have experiences that maybe they weren't the great fit. So then you pivot from there and figure it out. So it's all a process. Yeah. So true. And there's so much involved. It's not like watching an episode of Selling Sunset, <laughs> which I also enjoy. <laughs> I do too, actually. Um, some days I kind of wish my life was selling subset. <laughs> the clothes might be a lot, a little better. Clothes um, are amazing. It might be a little much, yeah. probably, but clothes and budget. But um, you're right. I mean, luckily though, I don't have as much drama as selling subset, so that is a plus on our end too. Definitely, a plus. it is. There's so much. I mean, I'm. Right now, I have um, two different partners and clients that are going through estates. So someone passed in their Mm -hmm. family. Both of them did not have wills. So we're actually working with different attorneys in the courts and the minors. It's it's a lot. And, um, you know, you come alongside to be a partner and advocate and you're with someone the most emotional times, good, bad, and ugly. So you see a lot, too. So also many therapists, which... In your field too, you probably can say the same. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> well, you're not only a realtor or a broker in charge, but you own your own business. And so how do you stay up on market trends and changes in order to provide the best service and, and stand out? Of course. Um, I think a lot of it's what you nailed before of who you surround yourself with and those professional partners. I really believe that that you got to work together in the industry as well. So it's just, my relationships are just as important with other realtors, other agents. I mean, I have a, a passion for a coffee shop. So I try to meet, um, you know, at least once a month with different broker and charges or agents that I respect and um, know what's going on and 
it's great to have that. Hey, what are you seeing in the market? What's going on? What would you do? There's different, um, I do believe in coaching as well. And, you know, a mastermind for business that helps. I'm also have a real estate coach and, you know, the same continuing education and trends and what's going on in our marketplace podcasts and everything evolves so much that you've got to, you're going to be left behind. And it only helps me help my clients as well. Speaking of knowing what's going on, I feel like you do a really good job of sharing on your Instagram, you know, kind of um, dispelling the rumors or, you know, the craziness of the market right now. So what are you seeing and how are you helping your customers through these interest rates, which everybody's just flipping out over? Yes, uh, definitely a hot topic. I think one, I think it's just to be honest. Um, there's also some, depending what people have seen, there's a lot of lawsuits right now in the marketplace for real estate, the National Association of Real Estate. I have seen that, yeah. There's a lot of fear. And um, I was actually just telling that we had our team meeting yesterday to say, hey, we can't hide from it. I don't know all the answers, not all the litigations and changes are out yet but also be front up front about it. So I think it's clear communication and transparency to say we're keeping an eye, this is what's going on, how to prepare and get ahead of it. Changes will be made in every industry. There's disruptors. I mean, technology, you name it, every single industry, automotive, you know, nothing stays the same. So we have to evolve with it. So that is important. I think being open and honest like with Instagram, and the big scale of things, our economy is actually not doing awful if you really look into it. But there's a lot of fear around it. And it definitely affects people. And I think, one, it goes back to being that partner that this is your timeline, not mine. So I want to do a great job. I want to help you. But my family's going to be fed. You don't have to buy your house tomorrow. It's okay. If it's two years from now, that's fine. And I think it's educating with anything that we do. There's workarounds, you know, maybe you can get different types of loan products. Maybe you can look in a different area. Maybe new construction's better if they have better incentives. So I think it's forming those relationships and taking a step back and looking at holistically. What's your situation? What can we do? What's the best path forward for you? Um, it could be all different things, but it is. It's a lot. I think um, it's overwhelming too so i think sometimes it's just breaking it down and in any industry no matter what you're in when you're so in the weeds of it and so thick in it you don't realize everyone doesn't know what you know you mm -hmm. don't realize what comes easily to you or common questions or practices could be another language or somebody else so i think it's taking a step back and thinking what what questions did liz have circa 2012 when I was buying my first townhouse or whatever year it was, you know, what did I know? What was overwhelming? And I think that helps you be more relatable too. Yeah. From what I've seen, you're really great at educating your customer um, or client and whether that's Instagram or, you know, in person, you know, in all facets. So can you share a story of a particularly challenging real estate transaction? I'm sure you've had none of those, but yeah. one you successfully yeah. navigated. Maybe that has a good ending. Yeah, I mean, gosh, 
we've seen just about everything. Um, I think, oh, God, where do we? I'll do one that shows relational and then mm-hmm. one just working out uh, details. Maybe relational was working to sell a home for a client years ago. Um, the mother passed away. It was two sisters who had the home. It was working through it. The two sisters did not get along. We're not on speaking terms. So I was the only um, person between them and the only communication. So and the one sister was local and the other was out of state. The out of state sister on closing day decided she did not want to sign the paperwork because she felt that how the money distributions were not fair and did not want to sign. If she did not sign, we didn't close. So also for that buyer who's innocent, that was ready, had their loan, their way to go, honestly doesn't know all this is going on this background, which they shouldn't, you know, they almost couldn't have the house. And it really took taking a step back, trying to put yourself in their shoes. It was quite a long day of me talking through it. And, but it was also, okay, what does make sense? What is fair to you? Um, and how do we navigate that? So we got it, we got it to closing, but I think it's also, you, it goes back to being relatable. You gotta, everyone's human. Everything's so emotional, you know, yeah. done this for seven years now. So they still matter, but it's not, it's not my own house and my own family situation. So, you know, I'm that third party, but you've got to remember, it's not just the house this was selling. This was someone's family. This was their mother. Everyone's got family dynamics, no matter who you are. And to navigate that and have the patience and to know there's something deeper. So we got through that one that I don't know if the sisters talk to this day, um, but they closed. So that house is gone. You got it done. Yeah. Yeah. You hear everything. But another one, there's stuff that comes up and I, I learn things daily. I was selling a house a year or two ago. They had, it was a huge lot, had a pool. It turns out not to get too in the weeds. You can basically only build on so much land called impervious surface that the county decides that they need enough open grass and land for drainage. Apparently, the sellers, unbeknownst to them, their pool and patio took up too much. So they were saying we couldn't sell, we couldn't close. They had to remove part of their decking, the pool. And it really was, and with the buyer getting a whole team of people, also getting creative, we ended up having to um, remove some gravel stone, add, you know, remove a storage shed, but different things of, we go back to professional partners, taking that step back. I like to say you are the thermostat, not the thermometer. So you have to set the tone for what's going on. Yeah, you can easily get wrapped up. I mean, it gets emotional and you're taking on the emotions of that person, whether it's your client or somebody on the other side. You have to stay level-headed. And I mean, gosh, we had the county involved with permitting. We had environmentalists. Like I said, we had uh, contractors, both parties, and really sat down of, okay, if we do X, well, Y happen? You know, pushed it a little bit and we worked through it, but, um, and was this at the last minute? Cause I feel like all these things come oh, yeah. up right before closing. This was probably the week before. 
So the okay. survey came back. We Ugh. found out. Yes. And this was also during COVID when we really was at the height of things going. People extremely, extremely over list price. So those seller, I mean, they did. They paid a lot of money and they want to get it right. So, you know, for the buyers and sellers, but it is. You, sometimes, you know, your phone doesn't stop all day in the good calls. And other times you're like, why? Why is the attorney calling me? This is never good. <laughs> yeah, you see that number, you're like, oh, no. yeah. Exactly. You got to mentally prepare yourself for that call. Yep. Same here. And God forbid they leave yeah. a vague voicemail because then I'm like, oh, what's that about? Yeah. Or you just get the text, call me. But why? Yeah. Tell me. Great. This doesn't yeah. sound good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, as the founder and leader of your own real estate company, what principles and values you know, are you prioritizing in your business on a daily basis? Well, like I said, I think it's so important to, I like to say we're partners. So transparency, partnership with everybody. So I think that goes back to integrity. I think it goes back to someone, I tell people they don't want to be a transaction and neither do I. I don't want to be a door opener for you. So let's go into this together. And I want people to feel like they're the only, you know, dealer client that we're working with because you should, it's that important. So I think it's open honesty, integrity, having, you're going to have to have hard conversations. And I tell people to listen, something's going to go wrong throughout this. It will. But who do you feel comfortable with figuring that, navigating that together? I also, growth is really big to me, you know, as I mentioned in a mastermind and coaching, I don't think anyone should be the same person they are today, they are a year from now, whatever that may be, they're passionate. And I think that's really important. And how do I empower those around me and myself to be the best versions and wherever that may lead them? Because I mean, I'm going to mess this up, but it's the same you know, um, a ship in the harbor, you know, everyone rises when the tide rises. So how do we rise and elevate each other around us? And I also, I'm not great at back to that, you know, scary B word of balance that people, we do have lives. I, I want to run a successful business, do good for my, my clients, um, those around me, but I also want to have a life. I've got two girls. I want my team members to have a life as well and be okay and not be afraid that they're going on vacation or somebody's sick or there's a baseball game. That's okay. Well, let's work at it together because I've got the same thing going on in life. Um, so I think that's important as well. Take the step back and, and to realize we're all human. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said in the beginning, you know, people can find their own house. We have the internet now yeah. and you can see what's listed, but your job really comes into play as soon as they're ready to make an offer and they're under contract, then you're doing all the heavy lifting until it's closed. Cause you, I mean, I'm sure, you know, some people are like, well, I, I can find my own house, but it's all <laughs> the finding your own house is easy. We all love scrolling yeah. slow or red yeah. pen. That's the fun part. It's all the, uh, exactly. all the scary stuff when the money and the contracts get involved. Um, and totally agree with you when it comes to sales. And I feel like real estate, especially, you have to set boundaries. 
I know yeah. our team hears this way as well. It, it can be really hard to take off time if you're not able to say, okay, I can delegate these things to someone. Someone's going to look into this while I'm gone. Like, how can you really unplug for a couple of days or a week or a weekend or even evenings? If you have kids, I mean, you've got two young girls, you're running around. I agree, like balances such a hoax. Sometimes you're going to be working more. Sometimes you're going to be with your kids more. Um, the last two weeks have been nuts for me because I just feel like, oh, we have an orthodontist appointment. Oh, you forgot your trays. So we have to go back again. Oh, the button popped off. Got to go back again. I'm like, sometimes <laughs> I feel like all I do is spend time driving to, to dance and doctor's appointments. But, you know, there's other weeks I'll be at work a whole lot more. I mean, I'm sure that's what you've found as well. Sometimes your kids just need more attention and sometimes it's work. A hundred percent. And what I think is so cool, and maybe this makes me feel better, but I love the idea that they see me doing this, that they know. Um, my oldest, she's come with me for showings, not a lot, it's, you know, weekends or if there's a good friend of mine, but she knows that. She knows, oh, if they're going to buy a house, sell a house, she's come and help me stage a house and actually loves putting the towels or you know, flowers out, whatever it may be. And I think that's really cool that I try and still, you can do whatever you want to do. You can sell houses, you can be a teacher, you name it, that we do have that ability. But of course, it's hard. I try to put my phone on do not disturb. Honestly, it's like 9pm to 7am probably should be better about that. But it's taken me a while to learn that there's in most corporate worlds, if you don't respond till the next day, it's okay. If you don't respond to that email or text at nine, 10 at night, nothing's changing on those off business hours. And a lot of what we do too, same thing. So I think it's setting those expectations that, I mean, there's definitely negotiations and things at night. I will honor that it's pressing, but there's a lot of things that it's okay if you don't respond till the next morning. And people, I think, respect that too. And you have to set that boundary because they will run right over it. So if you start oh, texting gosh. back at yeah at six six thirty, they know you're up. They will text you in a heartbeat, and you know you have to decide. And it takes time. It's not easy. I think we're all a work in progress. Um, but like you said, this my daughter has uh, year round school, so she's tracked out every six weeks or three weeks. So you know I feel like we're running good for six weeks. And then all of a sudden you take a few steps back. So you're always ebbing and flowing, but you know, at the end of the day, you do the best you can. And some days you're winning and other days, you know, you, you wonder if your shirt's on backwards the whole day, <laughs> which it has been. hundred <laughs> percent. Can't tell you how many things I have screwed up trying to multitask when it comes to summer camps or just anything. My kids are like, mom, did you read the email? I'm like, Yes, and we can read it again together. <laughs> we'll make yes. sure we miss nothing. <laughs> same, same. I think we forgot what day was picture day this year, and her outfit was uh, quite interesting. So I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. It's a good story, though. Those are so fun to look back exactly. on. Um, I have a picture of my oldest when she styled her hair in the bathroom before the photo, oh. and it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that will be in her wedding slideshow. Yes. 
She's like, why did I think that looked good? I'm like, I don't know, but you were proud. You were very proud. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. I still have those moments. Oh, well, looking ahead, what are your plans and goals for Liz Brown Residential? Yeah, we would love to continue to grow. Um, our team out, I think, grow with the right people. And it's really important to us but love to grow and expand. We also have a property management division. So focusing on that a little bit more, also in development with just other builders in the area. I think what's so cool is there's so many different avenues um, that, that we can do. We're obviously very fortunate in the Raleigh-Durham area of our growth that uh, is kind of limitless. So I think grow out what we're doing, keep connecting, keep talking to people and see where it takes us. But we're pretty thrilled about it. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> Thank you. I know you've got a lot of irons in the fire. Um, and how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in, you know, working with you um, as a broker or working under you at Liz Brown Residential? All the above, or I'm also ready for just a good cup of coffee. But um, all the social, so Instagram's Liz Brown Residential, same thing, our website, lizbrownresidential.com can definitely find me either way. And I'd love to talk. And like I said, too, I've worked with people for years in the making. Um, knowledge is power. So love just to be an advocate and learn a little bit more about what's going on in the marketplace. Good. Well, I hope everyone will go and follow you on Instagram and online because <laughs> I feel like you offer a lot of education there. I always find well, it. Thank super you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Liz. Yes. Thank you so much. I've, um, you know, hats off to you as well. I love watching you grow and thrive. And thank you for empowering other women along the way. Oh, you're the best. You <laughs> well. Thank you. And that concludes another engaging episode of the Wine After Work podcast. We hope you enjoyed your discussion today and learned something new. Remember, there's always more to explore when it comes to your career. So until next time, raise your glasses high and may your evenings be filled with delightful sips and enriching conversations. Cheers, and we'll see you soon on the next episode of Wine After Work.